episode, Clark goes crazy, Martha gets a job, and Lana has a creepy emo stalker. This is the Smallville Chronicles. Hello, I'm Lou Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Alan Muirhart. Hello, hello, hello. And this week we are checking out episodes four and five. See two. One of these is good, and one of these is basically skippable. Yeah, there's really no implication to the. No, it's a it's story. a total episode. Um, the only thing that happens of interest is the Martha like setup, and I think that's it. I don't know if any of the other stuff with the losers comes back into play. No, honestly, this episode just made me sad because it remind it has the guy from Night Court. Oh, who does he play? He plays the uh he plays Byron's father. Oh, I did not catch that. Yeah. Well we can get to that episode after I get through the good one, which is yeah. uh red. So this is the fourth episode, but really the third episode of the season. So we see it starts off kind of goofy where Clark and Peter are talking and basically Clark says that his dad doesn't want him to spend his money on his class ring because it was like five hundred bucks or something. No, it was three hundred and fifty and Jonathan said it's your decision, which Pete points out as that's your dad's speak that just that's your dad saying no. And Clark ends up saying no to that and buys a class ring. Yep. Where we get enter Chloe who says like, Oh, but these aren't even real rubies and when Clark puts it on his finger, basically the same effect we see with the green meter rock, except that he gets the red veins and then his eyes glow red. Um, and so this is the introduction to other types of kryptonite, even though they're not calling it that yet. And I think we've talked about before, we see like seven different versions of the show, <laughs> yeah. which besides the red, I think they created all the other ones, right? I don't think the silver, gold, or blue exist in other continuities before, but I'm not 100% sure. On Definitely not the silver and the gold one. That is actually a really good question. Yeah, because they basically use it as like a thing every couple of seasons. Because um, silver doesn't happen until like seven, and gold is like season ten. Ten, yeah. And then blue, I don't even remember what. I don't even remember what the blue does. Does it make him powerless, like in its presence? Uh, blue was introduced in, I think, season seven or eight. It was when Bizarro joined, made his debut. Okay, and blue green, makes him green makes him stronger. Blue makes him weaker. Yeah, and blue makes Clark stronger, or does it make him powerless? I can't remember its presence. It may be the steroids of kryptonite. Okay, and I know the gold makes him, like, if he gets hit with the gold, it permanently loses his powers, right? Uh, gold? Because that's where they have um, green arrows going to shoot him with a gold arrow? Yes, and I remember there was another episode where... Other Earth planet Jonathan had kryptonite. In one episode with the Uber, uh, Ultraman. Yeah. Yeah. But we are totally diverging. So basically Clark gets all like hopped up on this red stuff. You've never known anything about what red kryptonite does because it's on the green. So the green affects his body, makes him weak. The red um, kind of releases his inhibitions, I would say is the best way to describe it. Yeah. It's kind of similar to like if you see... Like when Spider-Man has the symbiote suit and stuff like that, like he just is on. Um, so all the checks that you would have in your head to keep you from doing stuff 
So this is where we enter our new character for the episode, Jesse Brooks. So Lana is showing her around. She is in a crop top sheer shirt with just her bra underneath and then like some hugger pants. And as Lana is showing her around, she's super bored, except when she's Clark and she's like the hottie, um, at which point the principal shows up and tells her that there's a dress code there. And then Clark goes up and like mouths off to the principal being like, yeah, but she looks hot. Okay, so I brought up the Wikipedia page for kryptonite. There's actually 22 different types of different types of kryptonite. Yeah, they've they've and they're actually from the comp. Most of them are have debuted in the comics. Really? Yeah. So there's green kryptonite, red kryptonite, anti kryptonite, X kryptonite, blue kryptonite, white kryptonite. Wow, I did not know there was all of those. Yeah, and Gold was is able to depower a Kryptonian. Yeah, that's what it does in the show. Why Kryptonite kills all planet life from any world? Yeah, I don't think I've ever read a story with White Kryptonite. Because the Silver Kryptonite is like just a piece of Brainiac in the show. I believe so. Yeah. That's far off. But yeah, that's there's there's Black kryptonite which can split a kryptonian into two separate entities that i remember because they use that in the goofy red and blue superman right i feel like they use black kryptonite in the show too at some point but i don't remember crypt uh black kryptonite was used in superman 3 with rich starring rich prior oh okay that's where we get drunk superman evil superman yeah where he's like drinking at the thing at the yeah, it was also used in, on Supergirl. The movie or the sh- no, the show, I'm assuming. Yeah, season one. I and... watched season one and I don't remember that happening. So um, I'm just going to get back to the show uh, while you are looking up more Kryptonites. So next we cut to Metropolis where we see some guy Ted in an ice bath um, being talked to about his girlfriend. Okay, or- was this Bruce Boxleiner? Or just um, someone who looked like him. The kid or the U.S. Marshal? The Marshal. I or... can look it up right now. So he was Ted Palmer, and he is played by Michael Tomlinson. There's just something about old, old white guys that they all look the same. He definitely looked familiar, but like yeah, he's probably just like a character actor. That did... So he's questioning Kyle, who's in an ice bath. He says he's a U.S. Marshal. He's looking for the fugitives. Then he pulls a gun on the kid. Um, who tells him like to look up his phone records and then he throws a radio in it, electrocuting the kid to death. It's a little hardcore. Also, this guy is like really quick to pull a gun. Yeah, which makes his just his appearances throughout the entire episode just sometimes at certain points hilarious. Oh yeah. Especially after Clark gets gets deals with him. Yes, yeah. Um, so then we cut to after school is over, Clark is talking to Pete about going to some bar. And Pete's like, yeah, I'll go with you, like, because he's been wanting to do stuff. Clark also invites Jesse. When Lana arrives, he flirts with her and tells her that he's had his eye on her all day. She reminds him that they have a group study session later that night. And is Lana's kind of taken aback by his behavior. So this is, like, the big thing we see in this episode is when Clark puts on the ring, he, like, super flirty with, like, every female character. And yeah. this kind of furthers a lot of the tension that we'll see the season between him and Lana is all the stuff that happens in episodes specifically. If I'm mistaken, this episode also 
causes a uh, rift between it's a temporary rift between Clark and Lana based on the next episode. Yeah, like the next episode directly kind of ties into like their yeah. Yeah, so from here Martha and Jonathan are talking to Barn about like uh and they see Clark's wearing the class ring and they ask him about it and then he kind of storms off and then Martha basically lectures Jonathan on the fact that he bought like a motorcycle when he was a kid and maybe they're not so normal teenagers going through some rebellion. Um, then we cut to the Luther mansion where we see the kind of juxtaposition of Lex and Lionel. So Lionel's moving in and taking over the office and having like all these special things put in because of his blindness. Lex is annoyed, annoyed, but then he kind of like deals with it instead of give whatever his father wants. I'm going to like rush through a bunch of stuff. Um, our U.S. Marshal guy shows up at the bar that they were talking about earlier and basically finds the info that Jesse came there. And Does he pull a gun on the bartender too? No, he tells him that like there's like under like she's underage and you let her drink there. That's what he kind of pulls on him. Okay. And we cut back to the Talon. Clark shows up late. We have Pete Lon and Chloe there. Uh, and tells him that they should blow off the studying and go have some fun. And then uh Clark tells Pete that he's informs Pete that he's shocked that Basically, Clark basically reveals that he's been using his X-ray vision to check out people. Yeah, he uses to check out Chloe and Lana. Mm-hmm. But then Clark kind of wanders off because he's bored. Yeah. The next day, uh, the the Kents go into the barn and it is filled with the most ridiculous trash that money can buy. And basically, Clark went out and just like bought everything, like I guess on a credit card. Yeah, he, implied how he bought stuff. Everything he used. No, no, it, oh, no it's. He's, yeah, he bought he bought satellite. He got satellite TV, an Xbox, motorcycle, big yeah, big TV, uh, sound system. Yeah, and he says he's tired of being poor, or he's sick of being poor his entire life. Where earlier, when he talks about the class ring, he says, "I'm I'm tired of penning and diming through life." Mm-hmm. Um, but he like jumps out the window and rides off on his motorcycle. No, no, he doesn't jump off. He runs off because they, if you notice, they you hear they use the same sound. Oh, like the sound, the same sound effect. Okay. Um, and then as he's driving, he sees Jesse arguing with her dad about the dress code, and then she jumps on his motorcycle, I believe, and they drive off. Is that yeah. here? Um. Chloe, Lana, and Peter again, like he used that new Clark. Jonathan goes to the school to address him, and then Clark basically throws him into the truck, telling him that he's not his real father. And shoving, um, and then Pete helps Jonathan, and then they, the like the you know the Clark, the Kents think that it's like a new development in his uh, abilities. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. There's a lot in this episode. I was gonna save this for the episode where. Actually, no, I'll save it for the episode where with Christopher Reeve. Okay. Um, the next thing that we see is Clark flirting with Lana. He asks her out, although she's embarrassed by the Clark's public display. She agrees to go out with him. At the torch, Chloe discovers that the ring is actually red meteor rock found at Hobbs Pond. Pete tells the Kents, and they try to figure out a plan. Uh, they figure out that it's that's what's causing his erratic behavior. Cut to Lex. Uh, Clark goes to Lex. Lex is a, he talks about it, how, he, how he he's taking Lex's advice, finally making his move. Yep, he has to borrow the Ferrari. 
Um, Lana's less than thrilled with everything that's going on, and they go to the bar. And then Clark basically loves everything. He wants to dance, but wants to leave. Jesse arrives and kind of steals Clark away. And he ditch Lana, but the barkeeper recognizes Jesse and retrieves the phone that the marshal gave him. Lana leaves, and Clark gets into a fight, and basically putting in the bar. And then Jesse basically tells him, like, they got to get out of there before the cops come. Yeah, he then goes, doesn't he go, if I'm thinking, he goes back to the Luther mansion? Uh, He goes back home and packs his bags, and then he goes to Luther. And basically tells his dad that he's sick of being used as, like, a farm equipment. Yeah. And they try to convince him it's the ring, but um, he refuses to take it off. No, no, he plays them by by acting like he's having he's having a moment of clarity where he says wait so you mean this whole time i've been acting weird i've been acting odd because of this and it just blow, it just pretty much spits in their face and then he goes back to lex and lex basically tricks him into hanging out because he says that he wants to go with him and just eats a metropolis but really he's stalling him um we see Chloe and Lana talking about the date. Um, Lana admits that she's really attra- she's really attracted to the new Clark, but she'd hope that he and that he she he would tell her things that the other Clark wouldn't like. You know how he was before. Um, then we see the Marshal kind of figure out that it's Lexus Ferrari, and this basically ends with the confrontation at the Luther Mansion, where Lionel's in the room with the Marshal and Clark, and he pulls the gun. Clark's like. The real thing that's going to scare me, he super speeds, or he speeds to the gun, grabs it, takes it, points it at his palm, fires three shots. I imagine Lionel is just shitting himself. Yeah, because he's blind in the room, and he's like, wait, what's going on? Oh my god, why is there gunfire? Hello? Somebody talk to me. And, and then he just says, oh, it's nothing he missed. And he, pu- and he just lets the bullets fall to the floor which will pay off later. And then when Palmer tries to leave, he pins him to the wall with the pool table and basically gets the information out of him that he was paid by... He was being paid, or Jesse and her father are in witness protection or going in witness protection because Jesse's dad is a whistleblower and the employer wants him dead and the evidence that would put him in jail retrieved. Mm Mm-hmm. And once Clark finds out this out from the marshal, he just flicks him in the head and he it knocks him out. Yep. And then Clark goes to Jesse's house to pick her up, but tells her that he needs a disc. But she's like, no, my dad needs them for his protection. And this is when the marshal shows back up, awakened from being flicked in the head. And Doesn't Clark beat him up some more? Yes, Clark beats him up some more, scaring the shit out of Jesse. And then and Jesse's dad shoots the marshal. Killing him. Yes, and then threatens to shoot Clark. Um, He says the words, son, I don't want to shoot you, or I don't want to hurt you. And and Clark goes goes on about how he's sounding a lot like Jonathan. Or he he says, you know, my dad says the same thing, said the same thing to me, or acts the same way to to me. And while that's going on, he pulls the gun out of his hand, and then Jesse runs out the back into the cornfield. And Clark sees, I guess, that the discs are in her bag. 
So he catches up to her, but then Pete shows up right when he gets the disc and basically is like, oh, what's she going to do? Get a mile or two away? That's nothing to me. And then this is when Jonathan shows up. With and the sledgehammer. Yes. It's like, I don't want to hurt you, son. And he just like kind of laughs at it. And then he says, like, now Pete. And Pete opens up the jewelry box, I believe. Yeah, with the the, the green tonight. Inside, which weakens Clark. Then Jonathan swings in super slow-mo. Clark goes to block it. And it hits the ring itself, shattering it and releasing Clark. Well, no, it not only does it, it isn't just weaken Clark. It sobers him up. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's coming out of a drug stupor. Because he said, Jonathan says to Clark, now, and he intentionally puts his, puts the uh, ring in the direction of the sledgehammer. Okay, see, I didn't think it was that, but that makes sense. I thought he was just going to block it. I didn't think the actual green kept the green meteor was actually like counteracting the red. Yeah, the green just restores it, negates everything. Mm-hmm. So we got two other parts of this. Basically, back at the mansion, Lex tells his father that he needs to stop feeling sorry for his, himself. And Lionel kind he uses an example at, after, right, like right after the meteor shower, when he was. Bald. He told Lionel told a young Lex to stop feeling sorry for himself, and Lex does a similar thing to Lionel. Now that he's blind. Yeah, and then um, the very end, we get the whole Clark's trying to apologize to Lana while she's on horseback, and she basically is like, "Either you gotta tell me what was up, or you can't." And Clark's like, "Well, I can't." really and then she just is like i'm out and like kind of rides away and she since he won't explain she can't forgive him yeah he's she shows up with a thing of flowers and she says you were gonna think of some flowers will make me forget about the way he treated me and clark says i'm sorry lana but that the way i was acting that wasn't me and she says you said you had feelings for me so you're saying that wasn't you and he's he's caught between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and he has the exact same conversation with his parents too, where they're like, "Well, those feelings didn't come from nowhere. He just his inhibitions were kind of removed." Yeah, so, he, also, he also says that he explains the the rush he felt when he put the ring on. He said it made him feel like he he wanted to tell everyone his secret. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he said that after when he bought everything. That, like, what could anybody... But he basically says, like, what everybody would think is, what can anybody do if he just says it? Like, do whatever the hell he wants. It's not like anybody can stop him. Then he would become Injustice Superman. Um, he'd be more like Ultraman. Like, he that first of, like, Red Kryptonite Clark would probably take over the... Yeah. And have, like, a harem. All right, but this was actually um, the better of the two episodes. It is a good episode and the fact that you can kind of see what the red kryptonite does and then it leads like to a bunch of subplots that go out through the season so the line of like stuff lionel finding the bullets the clark, we were definitely we were definitely spoiled by last week's episodes yes um clark and lana's relationship but it's it's not a terrible episode it's not a filler episode because we also get to obviously learn a bunch more lore that there is more than just the green meteor rock so we have that and then, so we can move on to the second episode, which is Nocturne, or Nocturne. I don't know how you would say it. I believe Nocturne. Nocturne. So I, in my head, this takes place, like, directly after. 
because Lana's still on her dumb horse, uh, except now she is riding through the spooky graveyard of her parents. So it's the return of the Langrave. <laughs> um, so she's riding and she finds a love letter and then she thinks somebody's there. And then we see a kid running and then a guy and a dog show up and shoots him. And then he wakes up in his bed and the guy's like, oh, like this is like, how did you get out? And he tells him I pried open the lock and he yells at him and tells him the rules. And then from here, we cut to the school. Lana's showing off the love letter to Chloe and Pete to think it's cute. But Clark is kind of like he's jealous. He's jealous of it. And she's still mad at him from last episode. This episode is really I I don't even know how much to say it. It's actually it's it's hard to believe, but. No most recent episode of Flash. That was better than this episode. And that episode was bad. Oh, the second episode of season two? Uh, whatever season we're on? Season five. Oh, I didn't mind it. We get to talk about that on Fandom Zone. Uh, I'm not minding this season so far, but I get why you wouldn't like it. I just don't like Chris Klein. Uh, well, he just barely talks in it. Yeah, thank God his stupid face is covered up. But for this episode, basically, is Lana has a secret admirer. Everybody thinks it's cute except for Clark. And then um, in the backstory of all this, Lionel needs an assistant. He fires one. Lex is like, oh, they've only come from Harvard and Yale. And he's basically randomly sitting outside when Martha shows up because she's getting the check, which isn't there for like a grocery. And basically, Lionel is enamored with her and hires her as his assistant. This leads to a scene two seasons from now where Lionel is in, is in Clark's body and Clark is in Lionel's body in jail and Lionel in Clark's body tries flirting with Martha. Oh, wow. I don't remember that at all. Season four is pretty forgettable because it's got Jason Teague. Oh, okay. I remember that's the one that's the, what's his name from um... Jensen Ackles. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Lana has the creepy relationship. Yeah, and that's also that's also the introduction of Lois. And that's the Kawachi season, right? Uh I No, that's the that's the aftermath of that. Okay, because I know like right somewhere in that time, because the, the Jensen Ankles character has to do with like when Clark's gone full Kryptonian. Or something. I don't remember. We'll get there. J- just since I might as well just say it now. Jensen Ackles character he gets crushed by a meteor. It's he's such a like just character. I hated that character so much. It was, not, it was either him or Adam Knight, and Adam Knight had zero chemistry with Tim Crook. So, yeah. Well, and then once Lois showed up, like they kind of the two of them up more and more until she was like not even on the show. Yeah. Um. But back to this episode. To which yeah. I, I noticed at a certain point, wait a minute, the, most notably the scene where Byron is in full monster mode and talk, talk and has, is talking to Lana. This, this is just Beauty and the Beast. Oh, absolutely. Ridiculous. So we can rip through this pretty quick. So basically, what they find out is that at some point, I don't even remember the character's name. Byron. Byron goes and visits Lana again because she fell asleep on her parents' grave. That's not totally because you know, she was weird. waiting to find yeah to find out who the secret admirer is. Um, Clark shows up, hit hits him, so he gets hurt. So they bring him to the hospital. No, no, they but bring no, him, they bring him to the Talon. 
the town that's right and then he runs home they lana and clark get threatened by the dad um lana and clark go to jonathan and basically they come over with the sheriff and they're like son like he's not here he died this is messed up and jonathan basically is like would you rather you know not do anything and there's something wrong so the sheriff says that he's gonna get a warrant clark and pete or clark decides that he doesn't want to wait for it so he goes with Pete and breaks in. We see the dog bite Clark and it does nothing and whimpers and Yeah, because Clark Clark's skin is pretty impenetrable. Yeah, its teeth were shattered. I'm glad that didn't happen because that would be messed up. But like, when did that yeah. happen? It well, I don't know. It would have messed up its teeth. I, all I know is that it would have. I would have preferred it if it, I would have wanted to see what was that scene from Thor Ragnarok. Where Hulk, where it's Hulk versus, I oh, want, Fen- I oh Fenrir. Yeah, I keep wanting to call the dog uh, Sif. No, Sif is the female god who's like not in the movie. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about the 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 giant dog enemy or the giant yeah, dog it, boss. And yeah, Demon it's Souls, one of the our Dark Souls. Oh, okay, okay, because yeah, Fenrir is like a Norse god. I think he's like Loki's or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but I thought that was actually a good effect because. There's obviously something underneath his arm that was protecting him, but like that dog definitely bit him, bit whoever's arm that was. But um, they go inside and they Clark just breaks the chain that's holding Byron and like carries him outside forcibly. And then, and then he gets he gets on all fours and you see some scar. You see scars. Yeah, they had shown the scars before, but yeah, the scars start to like open up, and he backhands Pete into. No, first he backhands Claw. He punches Clark and throws him like a hundred yards into shed, and then he like kind of tosses like through the windshield of a car, which Pete should be dead. Yeah, at that speed and at that at that speed and strength of being hit or the power of being hit that hard, he he yeah he he just he'd be goo. Yeah, and all he gets is uh. So this is where I was remembering the hospital. So. Jonathan and Martha go to the hospital because they and um, Pete has a fracture in his arm, hairline and, fracture. Yeah, it makes a joke a bit. Yeah, how everything but his hairline hurts. Mm-hmm. And then um, Chloe finds out like the death certificate and it has to do with Metron Pharmaceuticals, a former subsidiary of Luther Corp. Mm-hmm. And. The next thing I believe is when Clark warns Lana not to go near him, and then she kind of th- brushes him off and says, "Like, oh, you're not telling me stuff because you don't trust me." And he's like, "No, it's because I won't protect you." And then we have her go to the graveyard. Byron is there, and he kind of attacks her and says, "Like, he has like no impulse control again, just like kind of Clark did, and ends up like pushing her, and she smacks her head into a gravestone, which have also probably would have also killed her." And I'm just saying the thing that. The funny the, or the weird thing about this episode, when Clark hurts Byron, he hits his, he pushed, he knocks him back backwards. He hits his head on a grave and has some blood from, and starts bleeding from the back of his head. No one else has this problem throughout the rest of the episode. Yeah, and they also don't bring him to a hospital. They just kind of give him some cappuccino and. Yeah, because that really, really heals you. Yep. So Byron runs off. Uh, we cut to Clark and Lex talking at the mansion that uh, Lex is going to look into it. They look and see that Lionel and Martha are going to be getting on a helicopter to Metropolis. 
So we cut inside there and they're talking. And then as the helicopter is trying to take off, it gets pulled down. Which is- and they're not showing you what's actually going on. Yeah, for like about 10, 15 seconds, you just see like the helicopter shaking until Martha looks out the window and sees Byron. And he opens the door, pulls Martha out and like tosses her kind of very gingerly. Yeah, very gingerly. Then pulls Lionel out and says like, you did this to me. And Lionel's like, I don't even know what's going on. Who are you? And then throws him not so gingerly. Um, And then as he's attacking Lionel, Clark shows up. They start fighting. He again punches Clark far away. Clark then notices that there is a uh, sealed off or closed off well. And tackles him in there. And then once they're inside, he like holds him in the dark until he returns to normal. And then Byron has no memory. Clark? Yeah. Is that you? Not to mention this whole time he's been running around. He's in a trench coat with no shirt on. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. CW version. And before that, which they did do with Kristen Kirk, I believe. Yeah. So this is like a pilot. This is a backdoor pilot for a show that would debut like 10 years later. Um, so Byron's in the hospital and they're going to be looking into cure. And it basically ends with Clark and Lana visiting Byron. And she's like, oh, I should listen to my friend. And then Martha, Lionel and Lex and Martha convinced Lionel to put money into research into the cure. Basically said it'd be cheaper than spending advertising to restore com- consumer confidence. And Lex kind of smirks. And that is this episode. Yeah, and just some a quick thing I want to get to. He was Byron was the only one who who survived out of the trial that they had. Mm-hmm. Everyone else died. And there's actually a, a there's actually a good scene with Byron's mother and the Kents, where they're just terrified. Where she's just terrified. When he was having the problems, they locked him in the cellar. They were terrified. She said, we were terrified. We we don't know if that makes us... We're scared if... Like, we don't know if that makes us bad parents. I kind of like that because you don't get to see interactions between other parents on the show. No, we don't. Um, it, that, and, that, that part was very interesting to kind of show like, oh, this is what the Kents could have done. Yes, it's not. It's what it's a Marvel what if and Clark, and it's actually what does happen in these Superman Flashpoint tie-in, except where he where he gets where he lands in Metropolis and the government gets control of Superman, and he's very emaciated. Yep. Um, there are a couple of trivia things I saw on this. So Richard Moyle also was the voice for Two-Face and Harvey Dent in the Batman, the animated series. Wow. So he joins Rosenbaum and Glover as well, who did voices DC animated universe. And then this was, you know, we had the Man of Steel joke. And then they sort of based Byron off of a DC Comics villain called Rampage, who I've never heard of. Neither have I. Um, it was some doctor who, like, when she would go out into the light, she would get stronger but lose her inhibitions. So it's kind of like a, I guess, like a reverse vampire. I don't know. Um, yeah, this is like a, and really bad. And there's, it's a super filler. That's all it is. It's what happens when you have like a 20 something episode season. 
But I don't know. Did you have any, I guess on either episode, did you have MVP or LVP, favorite scenes, worst scenes? In Red, my MVP was Walling because I really like the way he is when he's portraying Clark affected by different kryptonite. Yeah, he's definitely, it's a very Clark heavy episode, but he is great. Kind of like Rosenbaum when he gets to do other things besides just be the same version of himself. So I would have to agree with you on that episode. And the second one, I have no one. My MVP for the second episode is actually um, hmm. yeah, yeah. I guess, actually, th- there's really no one. Yeah, at best it would be like uh, Glover, but he's really not in the episode. That like him or Martha, I guess like, would be. There are three main players. So that's uh, and that's Byron, uh, Clark, and Lana, and. They barely use Rosenbaum in this episode. Yeah, the only other two kind of people that are involved are Martha and Lionel are side story. Which they're good, but they only have like three scenes. Something we didn't talk about, but I really liked was the set the semi-storyline with Martha and Jonathan. Oh, about like her actually working for him? Yeah, because she says she she she's thought about work, going back to work. And she wanted she wanted to use her degree, and Jonathan thinks that she's t- she's tired of farm life. Yeah, well, it ties into her whole backstory of being kind of like she's from a wealthier family from Metropolis. Yeah, but um, LVP wise, the first episode I would have to give it to the Marshal, and the second is Byron. I was actually gonna say the you know, costume designer because his outfits oh, yeah. are so bad. Like he has like a neckerchief at what, like when he's normal. Like they just made him like a goth vamp boy in the beginning, and I was just like, this is just terrible. And then they like made him look look super pale. Like it was just the second episode's like such throwaway trash. I don't even know. Like that. Like we're seeing second episode entire thing. Take out those three scenes with Martha and Lionel, and the entire rest of the episode is kind of pointless. Yeah. But yeah, um, don't have much else here. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about for these episodes? Well, it can't get worse than this for when it comes to Nocturne. Yeah, so the next episode is Redo, or Redux. Um, So that is, we see Martha's father, and I believe our meta is a woman who's able to drain like life life essence. So very like vampire, but through kisses. And then Lana finds out that her biological father might still be alive. Yes, I remember that was a that was one of the big plot points during the season. And the one after that is Lineage, which is the woman who says that she is claiming to be Clark's mother. Which oh is god, episode. that was that that episode terrible. Oh well, the flashback parts are what's like, because yeah. that reveals what the connection between the the Kents and the Luthers. Yeah, and uh, the charity that was. That Clark was the only one, only one, or was the only adoption. Yeah, so like in the episode itself may not be good, but the actual parts inside of it are like huge to the story going forward. So that's what we look forward to checking out next week. Um, I've got a, I've got a bunch of the plugs, <laughs> but by the time this episode will be out, 
or as we were as we record this, Los Haro Games two days away from launch, and at midnight on midnight Saturday o'clock or Saturday at twelve a.m. Episode zero of Los Haro Games podcast drops, and it's basically Emmett Watkins Jr., Hunter Davenport, and myself giving. And I pretty much saying, talking about what you can expect from the podcast and also what our motivations. It's a, it's a mix of what you can f- expect from the podcast and what you can expect from most of our games. And I may just fire half the, the team because they still haven't done what I've been asking them or what I've been asking them to do. For about three months now, uh, but I kid, I kid. Uh, on the twentieth, though, there will be per, uh, uh, the first edition of Pearl Stories, first edition of Fantasy Developer. So, look for that. All right. Um, was there anything else? Oh, yes. John Seiler, myself, and Connor Irving, who's also Connor Irving, also a member of Lazar Games. We recorded a pilot for a comics show that right now we don't know the status of whether or not it'll be a weekly thing or a bi-weekly thing. Yeah, it's just... It's just, it's just us talking comics. Yep, yeah, just uh, BSing a comic for like about an hour. And then um, for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Lou A. Gonzalez. Don't forget to check out the other Phantom Zone podcasts. We just wrapped up, as well as Netflix did, Iron Fist Season 2. Daredevil drops the weekend, so as well as all the new seasons of the new stuff just started, except for Legends Supergirl. I don't think started yet. And, uh, uh, Supergirl, Arrow, and Flash have started. Okay. I I watched it. And if not mistaken... The plan is to review Black Lightning as once the entire season's done. Okay. And so Legends is the only show that hasn't debuted yet. Yep. So we'll be talking about all those shows at some point. And I think that's just about it. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Los Haro. And that's just about it. We'll catch you guys next episode. He's been Lou Gonzalez. I'm Alan Muir, and this podcast stands for truth, justice, and the American way.